Welcome to the Golden Ratio Podcast. I'm Jen, GR Mom, joined remotely by GR Dad. Hi. And uh, GR Dad's in, you're in Virginia, I guess, right? Yep. I am in the Florida Keys, so I am winning today. Uh, but yeah, so our podcast is a little late because we have been remote and so we haven't been able to easily just sit down and do it, but we're doing it now. So yeah. Yay. Indeed. Uh, so someone had asked us to do a podcast about how we stay motivated because they're like, you both seem like really motivated and you do lots of stuff like that. And so can you share your secrets? And I think JR Dad and I have very different ways of motivating ourselves and getting stuff done. So this will be interesting because we've never actually like talked through it. I've probably talked about my motivation <laughs> before, but we haven't had a conversation about it. So we're going to have a conversation for all of you. Yes. Learning by uh, talking and doing. Yeah. It's good. Communication, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> so I think she was asking sort of in the context of like all the running we do. Oh. And so we could kind of talk about it like that. But I think it carries over into a lot of things. Mm -hmm. uh, so maybe we'll just start there. Because like if you're training for a marathon or an ultra marathon, you got to go run. And your dad does a lot of erging like rowing on the rowing machine oh yeah you do different challenges and there are days when you're tired and you still gotta go erg and so how do you motivate yourself to go out and do it basically every day you want to go first your dad um sure sure i mean the the yeah you sort of said it with the challenges too the running i mean one of the motivational things is to have a goal right so you so signing up for a race is like an easy external motivation I mean, it's not perfect right because you could you could not run the race is something that i've learned very late in life that you can actually blow things up sometimes but i taught you i was like look you paid for it either way yeah you paid your hundred bucks you can stay in bed or you can go do the thing you don't want to do Right. Stay in bed, sometimes a good solution. <laughs> right. But once once you've signed up for a race that, that's months away or half a year away or, you know, whatever, at least it's a goal. I, I work I work for deadlines, with deadlines, through deadlines. So if I don't have a deadline, it's like hard to motivate, and that probably carries over into other things. So I feel like the race gives me a deadline. Uh, yeah, it also, I think a lot of this. Yeah. Go ahead. A lot. It also gives me like a training plan. Well, you give me a training plan. I do. So that's yeah, I think a something. lot of this carries over into other things, right? Like you tend to like in life, whether it's work or whatever, like respond to deadlines. Sometimes mm -hmm. they like get you more stressed out than they should. There will be like a deadline a month away, and you're like, ah, I've got this deadline. <laughs> but you definitely are a deadline responsive kind of person. Yep, I work to a deadline. I don't like working too early if there's a deadline because, you know, something might change by the deadline and then you don't even have to do it. <laughs> yeah, so this is one of those places where we're like very much opposite each other. Yep. Uh, deadlines don't stress me out at all, but uh, I think it's ridiculous. And I see this, you know, as an academic, uh, we submit papers to conferences like my field is mainly conference-based publishing, and there's a date that conference papers are due. 
for whatever the conference is. And it's really common to see my colleagues, you know, whether I was a student or even as a faculty member, like working up until, you know, one minute before the deadline, they're like just cranking on writing papers up until that deadline. And I'm just so not like that. Uh, you know, sometimes it happens that stuff pushes up like that, but I'm like, I want this paper done like a week before, like, you know, I get, there's a deadline, that's fine. And then I make a plan and I get it done. Like I submitted a paper today for a deadline that's like at the beginning of February, but I'm, I'm paper number five. There's going to be like a thousand papers submitted. I'm number five. No one has submitted stuff three weeks early, which I just think is ridiculous. Like I hate that kind of like, I'm just going to squeak it in thing, which doesn't mean it's bad, right? Like you should figure out what motivates you, but there's like two ways of being with deadlines and mine are like, yeah, like that's when it has to be done, but I'm going to get it done like way before that. And it has like, it takes so much stress out of my life to just get stuff done like way ahead of time. And I think that works for my running too, because especially now that I'm doing the ultra running, Runner's World had a really good article and they're like, ultra running isn't like even marathons where you can like train for a single event. Like it's kind of a lifestyle. Like you are always training and trained and, you know, like, I'm doing this hundred miler in May. So I'm going to put in like some big weekends the month before that. But basically it's like, you're always just kind of doing it a lot. And I really like that, that like you could say like, Jen, it's Thursday, uh, Saturday, we're going to go run a 50 miler. And I could say like, cool, I'm ready to go run the 50 miler. Like I'm ready. And uh, so I think that like the stuff that I do, I tend to gravitate towards that. Like, can I be in, constant preparation like I find that much more motivating than like this is my deadline this is my goal like I like goals a lot which we'll talk about uh but yeah the deadlines they they don't do it for me yeah and I and I find it hard to work early I mean I I keep telling myself oh this is the day I'll get something done early or I'll do this ahead of time and then something else comes up and I'm like oh this is this is more fun right now. And I got, I got another week on this other thing. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't deliberately procrastinate, but it is procrastinating. Um, and, you know, I don't necessarily enjoy it, but I also kind of know I can throw stuff together, at least at work um, at the end. And so it's kind of works and it's not, yeah. it's some, somewhat stressful. It's not probably that efficient, but uh you know, it does motivate me when there's a deadline and it's much harder to get things done, to sacrifice other things for for this thing that if I need to, if I don't have a deadline. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think part of what will probably come out of us talking about this is like, it's useful to figure out which one of these people you are, because these are both like completely legitimate ways to operate and motivate yourself. Like, Maybe you are a deadline motivated person and like you want to find that deadline and you want to work up until it and like giving yourself like lots of goals and deadlines is going to keep you motivated because you're like constantly working to them. Like that's a totally legit way to be. And if that just sounds like terrible and stressful to you, like maybe you're more of like a me person who's like deadlines are fine, but you want to kind of have a plan to get stuff done way ahead of time and, and sort of be prepared ahead of that deadline even if you know deadlines will always exist but to kind of be more in a, a kind of 
base state of readiness, like you're always kind of getting stuff done and making progress towards it. Figuring out which one of those you are is useful because it makes it easier for you to kind of make a plan for what you want to do. Yeah, like I just when I have realized. a deadline, yeah. I w oh, go ahead. No, I just realized for the ergs, you're right. That these like they have these the concept two, which makes the most popular and I think the best ergs, um, rowing machines. It gives you sort of online challenges, right? There's nothing in it. There's they're all in the honor system. You log your meters just by yourself, and but they they'll say like in 30 days row 100,000 meters or, you know, do 20,000 meters before February 15th or something. And then it's totally arbitrary, and but it totally motivates me to try to do that, even though I, there's nothing, there's neither a penalty nor a reward, really. You get, like, you can print out an online certificate, which means very little. Uh, it means nothing <laughs> in the outside world. It means nothing. But it totally motivates me. If I didn't, if I didn't do that, I probably would blow off days, and I'd be like, oh, I'm tired, I'll go back to bed, that sort of thing. But it makes it, yeah, it's a I mean, slight the... difference. It's a slightly enough motivation to get out of bed. I, I think this is a great example, because, like, I don't do any kind of challenges like that. I mean, I have like these, you know, full year challenges, right? Like I'm trying to run 2019 miles in 2019, uh, but that's not like a day-to-day -day motivation kind of thing. And I'm also like completely willing to bail on it, right? Like if I get hurt, like no problem, I'm just not gonna do that anymore. Like those, those sorts of like small challenges, like they're fine. I mean, I'll do them sometimes, but they don't really do much to motivate me. And so that's just to say, like, if you know which kind of person you are, you can figure out, like, if you're a deadline motivated person, like GR Dad, like, find lots of small challenges that you can constantly be working towards because they're going to motivate you in the short term, even on those days where you don't want to do it because you've got a short term deadline. And if those things don't motivate you, then don't do them because they're just going to get in the way of you kind of working through stuff the way that you want to. Yeah. 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 So, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, in so, terms of in terms of actually getting out and running, how do you motivate yourself for that? I mean, poof, I think you had a whole we had a whole uh, podcast about running in the cold and it's kind of the same without the cold part. <laughs> yeah. Put some shoes on, you know, kind of don't go to bed. Don't lay down on the couch, you know, try to try to just kick yourself in the pants a little bit. Yeah, I mean, for whatever the thing is, right, whether it's like writing a paper, getting a work project done or going out and running, like at some point, you just got to do it. Like there's a real benefit in life just to being able to say, like, I don't want to do this. I would rather not do this. This is maybe going to suck. And I'm just going to fucking go do it anyway. Like I'm going like right, I'm going. I'm going to do it right now. And like that's like a muscle that you have to develop to just be like, I'm gonna go do this thing right now, even if I don't want to. And the more you work on it, the better you get at doing that. And it at least helps you get stuff done. With running, pretty much all the time, once you're out there, it feels good. But like with work stuff, like there's all kinds of just like tedious work projects yeah. I think everybody has to do. Like I love my job, but there's like tedious stuff that I have to do in it. And you know, there are days where I'm like, all right, I've been putting off that thing that I really need to do. I'm just gonna do it. Just do it. Just right now. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> you know, and and I've practiced that muscle enough that I can just be like, and then do it. 
and not continue putting it off. So that's a good point. Yeah. And yeah, my job, boy, there's so much tedious stuff where it's just like I'm trading time for money. That's it. (laughs) I'll do this and I'm going to get paid some amount for it. And that's great. Um, But a lot of it is I, you know, I have to meet the expectations of others. And it's there's a lot of different motivations there at work anyway. Yeah, Um, he says all that, but he really likes his job. In the big picture, I do. Because I keep telling him he can quit and he hasn't. Yeah, we haven't won the lottery yet. So that's, you know, that's that's pretty good. If you want to just like be a stay-at-home dog dad, I will totally like go for that plan. Just a standing offer. Oh, so tempting. (laughs) So tempting. I guess the one other thing that we can kind of put in with this is sort of like planning for whatever, like goal setting and planning for goals, right? Like goal setting is not really a thing if you don't also have a plan for achieving the goal, right? Then it's just like a wish, like... But goal setting comes with making plans. This is one of my favorite things to do is to like make plans for goals. And I do it in all kinds of stuff. Uh, This house that I'm sitting in right now that we bought this year, like I had a plan and I had like spreadsheets. And uh, I mean, Jared had seen me like sitting on the couch before we bought the house, like for the year, two years before we bought the house, like working out my financial plans and stuff I had to do and, you know, balancing everything and extra work and all this stuff, you know, tracking like individual dollars into the savings account so we could do this. Uh, Cause like, I really knew I wanted to do it. And then I was like, all right, like, what do I actually have to do to be able to do that? It's a really big thing. This is how much money I have to get. And so, all right, like, let's work out the plan. Here's how much I need. Here's how long I'm going to take. Here's like the month by month breakdown of what I have to do. And uh, like that kind of really micro tracking of stuff works really well with my brain. And so I think that also works with running. It works with kind of everything. And you know that you're that kind of person, like Dad is not this kind of person, which I'm sure he'll talk about, but like you, be, you know that you're that kind of person if you're like a person who makes lots of lists and you like to cross stuff off your lists and like, Sometimes if you did a thing and it wasn't on your list, you put it on the list after it's done, just so you can cross it off. Like, like being able to have that like inventory of like, this is all the stuff I've done. Like if you're that kind of person, uh, like it's really useful to think about that and like embrace it, right? Get yourself a good list program. Like I use Evernote and I've got like notebooks and notebook stacks and inside each one are like lists and like little check boxes and, uh, yeah, I make spreadsheets with stuff and track all of it. And that's super helpful for me to like motivate me to keep working towards the goal because it's not just, oh, this big looming thing, whether it's like save this much money or, you know, get this big project done or go run a hundred miles. It's like a bunch of little things and I can do like each one of those little things. You, you, not that you don't like detail plan for stuff, but you don't do it the way that I do. No, I, I don't. Make, I mean, even when I make lists, it kind of sucks because I kind of still know some of the things are not important and not and fake. And so I <laughs> kind of then just like I always have, I have a bunch of lists where it's like 80 percent complete. And then I make a new list where I put those two things that I didn't finish on there. And then I those aren't really important. Then they're moot by the time I'm on my third list. And it's yeah, I don't know. I think I'm not very good at the list making because it's either too detailed or too general. 
um, you know, get better at something isn't a good list for me, right? So I, I don't yeah. know. I'm not as detailed. You're all into the spreadsheets and the data and the, you know, this morning I ran 3.2 miles and 4.7 miles. I mean, you know all your stuff and all your data, and I'm just like pretty vague. <laughs> I have stuff. a log of every single run I've done since 2006. Yeah. Literally every single one. I don't even remember how, whether I ran this week, you know. It's interesting. This This may be why, like, you like this may be connected to like you work better with deadlines right and so like you have a bunch of these like smaller intermediate goals because like that helps keep you motivated and i tend to prefer like the bigger goals that i can do like these really detailed plans for and that keeps me motivated it's like a you know like if you have oh i'm gonna do you know whatever twenty thousand meters by this day like those shorter deadlines like that gets you doing it and with me like I don't care about those at all I want like little steps that I'm taking towards like this way bigger thing that I'm planning for yeah and but I do find myself kind of cramming at the end right that this is the the, the the I guess this is my my thing if I tried to do what you do like a thousand two thousand miles a year or something I'd get there'd be 20 days left and I'd be like oh if I just do a hundred miles a day I can still do this <laughs> This is definitely like part of your life strategy, though, is that you like to just be like, I'm just going to work harder and get it in at the end. Yeah, it just turns into kind of cramming, though. I mean, it's not ideal. Yeah. It's a bad habit that I'm I, it's too, <laughs> I'm too old to break. Yeah. But you can, the, the part of the point here is that you can be successful even if you're a person who kind of responds to stuff by cramming. Because dear dad has been very successful and generally has a good, happy life. Yeah, okay. I just try to leave myself enough time at the end. I start cramming in time, I guess. I kind of know what yeah. I can get done one way or the other. I mean, I wouldn't try the, the 100 miles a day. But, you no. know, I might try like three or four days of 20 miles a day if, I, if it <laughs> came totally down to could. it. Yeah, it was, which is suboptimal. But I still feel but like, hey, I did is, it then. Jared Dad's running uh, a 50-mile ultramarathon. It'll be his first one. Ugh. And it's in March. And you have to taper the month leading up to the race. And so he's kind of got like six weeks to train. Now, he's in really good shape and runs marathons. And so it's not like he's coming from zero. But normally, like if I were advising someone who wants to run their 50 miler, I'd be like, you know, give it a solid four or five months of training. And so we got like six weeks. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to make you a plan. Uh, here's the plan. Do not run more than is in the plan because you're going to get hurt because we're already like really upping your mileage. Don't run too fast. And so I'm like, all right, I gave him the plan. He's like, okay, so like basically this is the minimum of what I got to do. If I do a little bit extra, it's fine. I was like, no, you can't cram. No extra. Like this is it. Like you can only do this much. Oh. Uh, you can't cram it in or else you're going to get hurt. And I'm, and <laughs> and I'm like, oh. rationally, I totally agree with you. But in my head, I'm still the kind of guy where it's like, oh, I have a marathon next week. I should probably run like... 20 miles this weekend just so to make sure i'm in shape it's like no wait people no do that i know yeah <laughs> i know i, I had a see friend why. Who was like <laughs> his first one and he's like it's like the week before weekend before right a week before his marathon and he went out and i saw on facebook and he's like i ran 21 miles and i was like why did you do that he's like well i felt like unprepared and i was like promise me you're not going to go do any more of that like you're just going to hurt yourself you just screwed everything up i can't believe you did that it's like i just cram no, man, that's not how it works. 
Because it's yeah, but you, that that's what I mean. You got to realize yeah. like, what's the latest date you can still cram, or what, you know, give yourself enough time to still make yeah. the deadline. That's that's what I've sort of learned. I mean, it's I can't do that, right? The twenty miler is three weeks before the marathon, and that's it. And then I'm done, and that was as good as it's going to get. Yeah, but it's hard. <laughs> that's right. But look, figure out which kind of person you are. Because none of them is wrong. And if you know what kind you are, like, if you try to be the other kind of person, right? If you're a crammer and you try to be, like, the meticulous planner with the spreadsheets and the list getting everything done ahead of time, like, you're just going to frustrate yourself and then you're not going to want to do it. Like, don't try to be the other person. And if you're a list person and, like, you know, you want to, like, do it all slowly, like, don't worry about the people who are cramming it in at the end. Like, do your thing because that's going to make it easier to get it done for whatever it is. Yeah, the cramming is really not. I I okay. I don't. I'm not don't proud of it. it. I'm not proud of it em- though. Em- <laughs> <laughs> Embrace the cram. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah. make you a T-shirt that says that. It's weird because I get super stressed at the end a lot of times, um, but I like to think that maybe I'm overall a little less stressed because I'm not stressed at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I sure could average out well. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't have that much control over it. There's a there's a margin of control there. Uh, th- so the other thing that we can chime in here, which isn't really on on the like how to, but more of a philosophical thing, which is another place that we tend to diverge, is that uh, Jared and I have had many discussions that end up with me saying, if you really wanted it, you'd just do it. Uh, and Jared Dad says, look, I want it, but it's complicated. And I go, no, man, if you want it, you just do it. And, uh, and I think this is, I think it's an interesting thing to like raise in here to talk about this again, not that like one is good or bad, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to side on my philosophy here, which is if you want a thing, just do the thing, like find a way to do the thing and Ugh, yeah you just do it you're you're the, the the distance between wanting to do it and doing it for you is zero like you just do it because you don't see a reason why you shouldn't yeah and part of this is tied to i i think like i'm a very decisive person i very rarely change my mind and so like when we like we were out shopping for art last week for the or a couple weeks ago for the new house and I'm like, I'm just going to wait till I see a thing that I really like. And then when I see the thing I like, I'm going to know. I don't need to. And, and I think, you know, we went into the gallery that we ended up buying a bunch of stuff from. And I was like, cool, this is it. Like, I saw this. It made me cry. I'm, we're buying it. And you're like, maybe we should come back. Maybe we'll find something else. I'm like, no. Like, because I know, right? Like, I have decided this is it. And it's very rare that I go, like, I've decided this is what I want. And then change my mind and regret it afterwards. Like, I I tend to, like really quickly make decisions about what I want. And it's not like impulsive. It's like, I'm just really decisive. Like I, I'm good at recognizing like what I want and being correct about it and not changing my mind later. And I think you're not like that. Like you really like to think things over sometimes for a really long time. And oh yeah. Still like I'm, not really I'm totally afraid of, of making the wrong decision. Like what, yeah. Second guessing myself later or or thinking, man, I should have done this or 
I mean, I don't do it that often, but I'm afraid that I will. Right. So it's yeah, and it's, I have like no fear of this at all. Yeah. Like, like but, occasionally, I have regretted a thing like that, but it it can come off as impulsive to you, but it's not at all impulsive to me. It's like oh, and now I have decided, and I'm very confident and committed to my decision. No. And you're like that was so impulsive. I'm like no, man. Like I just decided. I'm like yeah, I need a I need a longer decision making process to to try to eliminate all pot potential mistakes. Because if I if I do if I do something wrong, if I buy something wrong, I feel like I screwed up, and I like kind of beat myself up a lot about it a little bit. And even if yeah. you're like, oh, I I that wasn't ideal, you're just like, oh, that's fine, right? Yeah. But, but like if, usually if for I can me, the, it, and if I didn't, like meh. Yeah, for me, the consequence of a wrong decision is psychologically much worse than the act whatever i did thought decided wrong right whatever it's not even a mistake right yeah, yeah. like not getting the perfect art um you would be like meh no big deal and i'd be like oh man should have thought about it some <laughs> more why didn't oh man so, yeah. so it's that tends to and i'm better at it but it tends to paralyze me a little bit yeah, it's good to know which of these types you are, though, and which type people are that you're interacting with, right? Because I think it took us a while to sort of sort this out, because I think you thought I was, and sometimes still kind of feel like I'm really impulsive. And I, you know, I'll occasionally do impulsive things, but I would say overall I'm not an impulsive person. I just decide quickly, which is different. Yeah, I don't think and, I don't think you're impulsive because it's usually part of a plan and it's usually based on data. I mean, it's based on data and it is, you know, it's it is totally something you you know, you know, you've thought about before and you know you want, but it just terrifies me. Yeah. <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with being a deliberative person who wants to take more time. Like I think you sometimes take more time than you ideally think you should take also, right? Like you do sometimes get paralyzed, mm -hmm. but kind of putting that aside, like being a person who's like more deliberative and doesn't decide as quickly, like that's okay to be that person. But you want to like know what you're comfortable with because that's really important in terms of like goal setting and making decisions and like getting stuff done, right? Like, like I decide, oh, I'm going to run. So for example, with this, race in the keys this 100 miler i'm doing i originally signed up for the 50 miler because i wasn't sure and i'm still not 100 percent sure that i'll make the cutoff for the longer distance there's Ooh. a time limit and uh and i didn't want to deal with it at all and then like i was talking to people and i'm like you know i would talk about it and i'm like i really want to do that you know the worst case i don't get in under the deadline but i should make it by the cutoff you know, with some time to spare if everything goes okay. So there's some risk involved, which normally I don't want, but I was like, this is really the race I want to do it. And that's sort of how it went. Like I had talked to a few people about my plans and then I was like, this is really the race I want to run the hundred miles on. And then 30 seconds later, I emailed the race director and said, please switch me to the longer distance. And he said, okay, like I didn't have to take any time to contemplate it. I just was like, yeah, this is the one I should do it on. And then I did it. And I'm perfectly comfortable with that decision. I didn't go like, oh, let me go home and kind of think about it and work it out. Like, it was done. Right? And, like, that's great. Like, it wasn't impulsive. It's just like, it's clear that that's what I want to do, and so I'm doing it. And kind of knowing, like, are you a person who's 
comfortable making decisions really fast and like you're confident in those decisions like that's a thing then that you can rely on right i rely on that a lot for like what i'm doing so if, if i'm like oh i really feel like this is the race that i want to do that distance at okay i'm confident in my feelings about that like i know i'm not going to change my mind and you know if i were to nothing terrible would happen but yeah i'm pretty confident i'm gonna do it and then i get it done and then it's done and if you're a deliberative person figuring out what your process is for that so you get comfortable like that's a good thing to know the other thing that motivates and this may come through in some of the other things is doing it with someone else teamwork doing something for someone else is super motivating if if i have to do something for you or for anyone else i feel like i'm much more likely to do it it's much more serious um it's a much more of a commitment right if i know someone else is depending on me for it or if i want to do it for someone else because i can disappoint myself i don't like disappointing other people so that that helps but then it i mean it extends to like running together or signing up for a race together that's a lot easier and it's so much more keeps you committed to the thing right because you're you're in it with a buddy or a team yeah i think that's interesting because like i i have a little of that but it's a pretty weak motivator for me uh i think because i'm decisive right like if you and i are signed up for a race and i really don't want to do it for some reason or like i'm hurt and i can't I probably would be like, yeah, I can't. Uh, you know, yeah. I feel like once I've decided, like, it kind of doesn't matter if I'm doing it with somebody else or not. Like, I'm just kind of there. Uh, but I think I'm weird in that way. Like, I'm, like, oddly independent or antisocial, depending on how you want to put it. That, like, I mean, I totally get what you're saying, right? I think like it's. I think that's a very big motivator for you because I can tell like if I get you to promise to do something, you do it much more than if you promise yourself you're going to do it. Oh yeah. Uh, but for me, I kind of do it the same amount either way. Like I don't have a lot. I don't get a lot out of the partner part. But again, like the reason it's interesting to have the two of us talking about this is because we both just have really different ways of approaching this. So it's. If you are motivated by doing stuff with or for other people, that's a good thing to know because it means sign up for stuff with other people, like do stuff with other people. And if you're not, then do it if you want to and don't otherwise because it's not going to make a difference. Yeah, no, I was thinking that that's that's right. I mean, nothing, none of what you said was incorrect, of course, and that's what I was saying too. But I, I started out thinking there's a couple things going through my head, but it's more like if someone's depending on you or me, um, that's that's of course a different motivation than than if nothing's riding on it right yeah but it's not yeah. you and i we know each other and i i'm not going to be disappointed if you don't go on a race i would probably still go if i wanted to and vice versa right yeah yeah that's not the same thing indeed yep yeah yeah we didn't do like uh, cocktails a day. We didn't do Key West uh, notes. We didn't, like we didn't talk distant. about dogs at all. Jeez. Uh, oh, I, that's a well, good I'll, that's a good I'll, segue though. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay. on for the dogs. You would like if if the dogs depend on you, you'll do anything for them. That's like super motivating, and it's not optional. Yeah, I was just gonna say like I will use that sometimes. Like there are some days, especially when I'm like up there in DC and it's cold, 
or I'm tired and I like just don't feel like going out for a run uh, that like if I try all the other tricks and nothing works, I will put Hopper's leash on and then she looks at me with her big seal eyes. Hmm. Why are we not going running? <laughs> but I really want to go running. And I'm like, oh, crap. OK, we're going like that. Definitely will do it for me, uh, like using the dogs for motivation. It's a, a sort of last resort, but it totally works. And she's a willing participant. Yeah. All right. So we, you're right. We didn't do cocktail of the week. I have interesting stuff to talk to you about that. I haven't even talked to you about off the podcast with respect no. to that. So we can no. talk about that. We'll talk about it on the podcast next week. And we have a couple really good stories for taste of the keys, but I think we should save them up until you're back. And then we can share them in all their glory with full, like face to face. Oh, you're tantalizing my listeners, tantalizing them. What a They're tease. They're so good. Well, oh. no, all right. So did you, we haven't talked about this one. Did you read the one this week where the person bit the other person? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember the, the full story? That's not the really good one, which we'll save for next week. But uh, there is a, I guess they bit a cop, right? Yeah, he bit the deputy, I think. Yeah. But, In the yeah. cheek? In the face. He did not bite the sheriff, but he did bite on the hand, I think. Oh, that's what it was. It drew blood. Yeah. Yeah, there's some. Uh, yeah. It was a drunk guy, maybe <laughs> on drugs also, and they were trying to subdue him, and uh, and he could he grabbed the cop's arm and bit him on the hand. <laughs> Hard. And a picture of the bite mark. Yeah, it drew blood. A picture of the bite mark on the Conk Life story. <laughs> Man, this Don't open drugs, sunshine people. law is great. Don't. Don't do drugs. What do, do drugs, but don't bite cops. I mean, you can. There's a middle ground. <laughs> All right, let's take two lessons from this. Number one, do not do drugs. Yep. They're just gonna make you an idiot. Number two, do not bite cops, whether you are on or not on drugs. Don't bite. Don't bite anybody unless they ask you to. Fair enough. <laughs> don't bite anybody, especially cops, because you're gonna get more punished if you bite a cop. Uh, and don't do drugs. <laughs> I like the unless they ask you to. That is sort of an exception for many, many things. Fair enough. Don't bite yeah. people unless they ask you to. Yeah. And even then, you and should then, question I mean, their motives. And then, they're other considerations <laughs> at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and they might be on drugs. Uh. Well, you know, whatever you're into, everybody. But you know, come on. <laughs> we don't need any, we don't need this stuff happening. <laughs> Most of the. Like crazy human stories from conch life. People were drunk and or on drugs. That is such a common feature. Yeah. I mean, in the world, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That, that brings uh, out the, the fun. Yep. Really the fun. Do you have a German word of the week to throw in? Um, Freikörperkultur. Whoa. What does that mean? I think it was a German. I think it was like in the 70s. Uh, it means... Well, it means nudism. It's like free body culture, which is like, you know, liberated body culture. Right? At least wow. in the 70s and 80s, it was a big thing. Like, this is all the Germans who went naked to beaches and stuff. FKK, they called it. Freikörperkultur. Oh my God. It sounds like such a fancy thing, but it's just them running around naked. And it, as usual, it's not the people you want to... The, the people you want to see naked are not the ones who are getting naked. No, that's right. They never are. No. Uh, with that, Vink is making sounds in the house, so I'm going to go let her out. So we're My baby! Podcast. I know. Right. Uh, 
Thanks, everyone, for listening to us ramble. We will be back next week with a face-to-face podcast and a really good conch life story. And we're going to talk more about dogs, but we hope we leave you slightly motivated at the end of this week. (laughs) It's going to be epic next week, though. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks. Bye. Thanks. Bye.